Today is our last Sunday in the Real Faith Sermon Series. We've been looking at different uh, popular movies all summer and, and hearing the gospel message within them. Today, for our final week, we'll be looking at Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Our scripture for today is just one verse from two different books in the Bible. First is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And our second reading is from the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. These are the words of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you to pray with me. May the words that I say and the reflections that go through our minds, may these give you pleasure, God, you who are our rock, you who save us. Amen. It can be pretty easy to get lost. I remember getting lost as a little girl. My family lived in Southern California, about 45 minutes away from Disneyland. And whenever out-of-town or out-of-state guests came, of course, they always wanted to go to Disneyland. So the family would pack up, and we'd take our out-of-state guests, and we'd wander around. But my family had a very clear rules of what to do if you got lost at Disneyland, because there's so many people there. And so if I got lost at Disneyland, I was to go to a concession stand, or if there was a security person, and I was to tell them my name, and that I was lost, and I was supposed to just wait there. I wasn't supposed to wander around, just go to a safe person, stay put. But you know, I wasn't going to get lost. Until I did. So one of the times we went with our family, we were wandering around, we were all together, and I don't know what happened. I probably got fascinated by something at a gift stand. You know, just realistically, that's probably what happened. But the next thing I knew, my fam- I turned around and my family was not there, and I was really scared. I was a little girl, and where was my family? And they weren't around, and I looked, and I didn't see them, and I got scared. And so I walked a little bit, and then I found a concession stand. And I went up to her and said, my name is Jane Easley, and I'm away from my family, and can you call someone? So yes, we'll, we'll call security. And while I stood there by the concession stand, staying in place like Mama told me to, I looked out and I saw a silver shirt with blue and green stripes. That was my daddy's shirt. I love that shirt. And as soon as I saw that shirt and I knew it was my dad, I went running to Daddy, threw my arms around him. And Mom and Dad were so relieved. And Oh, thank God. And we were all reunited. Phew. Got lost, but I got found. Now, we would like to say that that happens only in childhood, but it doesn't happen only in childhood. We can get lost as adults. Friends, I got lost in my own neighborhood when I first moved here. Um, I love the parsonage. I'm very grateful for the housing you provide me. It's terrific. It's only four minutes away. Love it. But the neighborhood back there is a maze, and it is stunning how easy it is to get lost back there. In fact, when I first moved here, I misdirected the moving van. (laughs) 
was so embarrassing. So first the van went to my parsonage in DeKalb, then to the church office in DeKalb. So then since the office stuff was toward the front, then we went to the church office here in the Grace Building unloaded the church stuff. Then last stop was to go to the parsonage. And so I was directing them, you go down Delcy and you turn around. And we're driving along that way, and all of a sudden I realized, oh dear, we were supposed to turn at Wisteria. Because now the van had gone up around Brookview, and we were really lost. <laughs> and so I had to like honk and pull over and run out to the movers and say, this is so embarrassing. I'm lost. The, you should have turned back at Wisteria. At which point the movers roll their eyes and look at me like, we should have used GPS. And uh, I circle around. They somehow get to my house before I do. Again, mortifying. <laughs> but the van is there and I'm there and we finally unload. And I have to say, it took weeks before I really felt that I solidly understood my neighborhood. And when out-of-town guests come, they always get lost. And when my sister-in-law comes and tries to run in the neighborhood, she always gets lost. It's a maze. So it turns out we can get lost as adults. Except there's another way we can get lost too. And it's a little more complicated. We can get lost in our souls. We can think we were going the right direction, we were traveling along a certain path, and then at some point we come to ourselves and we think, I'm lost. When did this happen? How did I get here? What am I doing? Is this, are these the people with whom I want to spend my time? Is this where I want my time and my energy to go? I, I got lost. We can have that sense of knowing that we are not in the right place and we thought we were going along the right path, but we have somehow ended up someplace else and we don't know how to get home. That experience of getting lost is such a common one that it's not at all surprising that Disney and Pixar made two very popular films for kids and adults all about this issue of being lost and found. The first one, which was a massive hit, was Finding Nemo. The follow-up was Finding Dory. And I promise I won't take you through all the plot points. It gets very complicated. But to tell it very briefly, in Finding Nemo, the beginning of the movie, you see Marlon and his wife Coral and their baby Nemo. They're clownfish. And they have a very happy life on a coral reef but they're right near an area that has an undertow. And Marlin and Coral warn Nemo, be careful, you don't want to get out toward the undertow. Because out in the open ocean, some pretty scary things can happen when you get away from the reef. Well, one day, somehow Coral ends up a little bit too far out to the edge, and a big predator fish comes and swallows her up, and she's killed. And Marlon is devastated by the loss of his wife. And so he does a very understandable thing. He becomes overprotective. So he won't let little Nemo do anything. He continually says, Nemo, I won't let anything happen to you. And that's pretty much what Nemo experiences. Nothing happens to him because <laughs> his daddy is so overprotective. And one day he just can't take it anymore and he and daddy get in a fight and he begins to swim away. Now, he really doesn't mean to run away from home seriously, but he just 
He's a kid, he's feeling defiant, and he just goes a little bit too far out. And the next thing you know, he's caught in the undertow and he's lost, really lost. And all the rest of the movie is Marlon swimming after his son, trying to find Nemo. Along the way of trying to find his precious son, he runs into this funny little blue tang, a little fish named Dory. Dory has short-term memory loss, and she is kind of the comic energy of the movie Finding Nemo because she knows things and then she forgets them. So she introduces herself, they think they understand everything, and then she introduces herself again, or she thinks she's going the right way, but then she gets lost and she needs Marlon to redirect her. But the two of them turn out to be a really good pair because Marlon has memory and Marlon has a good sense of direction and focus, but Marlon is terrified and hopeless and Dory brings hope. So together with Marlon and Dory, they keep the energy, they keep that sense of hope to go and to find Nemo and bring him back. So spoiler alert, they find Nemo. I hope I haven't broken anyone's heart here, <laughs> but Nemo gets found at the end of the movie. Which brings us to the beginning of Finding Dory. So in the beginning of Finding Dory, we're back to a happy home life. Now, you know, Coral is still gone, but now Marlin lives with Nemo. They're restored. They're back on their coral reef, and now they found a nice shell where Dory can live. But this interesting thing has started to happen, and it actually began toward the end of Finding Nemo. Toward the end of Finding Nemo, Dory, who had no short-term memory, occasionally began to remember things. And so toward the end, this funny thing happens where this group of whales come up, and Dory remembers that she speaks whale. And so she speaks whale, Marlon's rolling his eyes, but somehow she remembers that. She begins to have just a few memories from before. We get the kind of beginning of that in Finding Nemo. In Finding Dory, what she has found is this, this happy life with Marlon and Nemo living in this area of the coral reef. She's beginning to remember more. That It turns out love is an antidote to short-term memory loss. And so in this loving family that they share, she begins to remember. And all of a sudden she remembers, I have parents. And a little bit later she remembers that their names are Jenny and Charlie. And a little bit later she remembers that they were in some place, the jewel of Morrow Bay. And over time, she comes to re remember more and more. And once she remembers she has parents, she can't stay on that coral reef. She's got to go find them. The movie is called Finding Dory, and there is a way in which it is finding Dory, but it is Dory trying to find her parents. And yet, in finding her parents, in finding home, she is found as well. I want to direct you to a movie clip, and I need to give you a heads up. It's really long. So get comfortable, because you've got about an eight-minute movie clip, and then we'll come back. And it kind of broadly tells the story. Dory knows herself to be lost. She goes through a very long journey with the help of lots of friends to try to find her way to her parents. And uh, she has 
without going through all the steps of the, of the story, she has learned that although her parents had been for a long time in the open ocean exhibit, they had been rehabilitated and they had been sent out into the ocean. And then she thinks they're back in the ocean. How will I ever find them? And so the, the other blue tanks tell her, well, just go through that pipe. That's how your parents went. And she goes through the pipe and she feels utterly lost and utterly alone. What will she do? How will she finally find her parents? And then she looks down and she sees a shell. And she remembers that her parents had always told her, follow the shell. And once she sees one shell, she realizes there's another shell next to it, and then another, and she swims along the path of the shells and finds her way to a house. She doesn't know, but it sure seems like that would be her mom and dad's home. And as she swims around and looks, after a while, two older fish come up. They're Jenny and Charlie, and they're her parents, and they are reunited. And you see a, a view from above, and here is the house, and all the way out from the house is, are all these uh, radius radius, radius, all these strands of shells so that anyone who had swum anywhere around that area seeing a shell could follow a line of shells and find their way home. Every day since the parents had gone back to the ocean, they'd been setting up shells for their daughter to find her way home. In the early church, the shell was a symbol of baptism. In the early church, when people were baptized, sometimes they would take a shell like this and use it to scoop water over the head of the person being baptized. And so when you see baptism, you often see a shell as a reminder that we are baptized. Brothers and sisters, it's easy to feel lost, to feel like we're really far from home and we don't know who we are anymore. When we have that experience, we need to look for the shell to remind ourselves that we are baptized, that we are named and claimed by God, that we have been given spiritual gifts of how God is going to work through us, just as uh, those spiritual gifts were just given to Abby. Who knows how God will work through this precious child for the saving of the world. But God chose her and will work through her throughout her life. And if Abby ever gets lost, there will be shells along the way for her to find her way home. We have the gift of our baptisms, of knowing ourselves beloved of God. And we also have the gift of being able to put markers along the way for others who may be lost. When we don't know how we got where we are, it's time to stop, to remember our baptism, to reclaim the love of our Heavenly Father and the callings we've been given through the Holy Spirit, to know ourselves beloved and home again. Thanks be to God. Amen.